Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, let's do this uh, Friday, November 26th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. It is Black Friday, and the annual Black Friday game is back today as the Flyers will take on the Carolina Hurricanes, another good team the Flyers will face at an inopportune time when you're struggling to score. You've lost four straight games. It's no picnic to go against the top team in the Metropolitan Division that has a record of 14-3-1 through 18 games, 29 points on the season. However, they have lost two straight coming into this one. We'll preview that game coming up in just a moment. Coming up in this episode, we're going to do a check-in on the Lehigh Valley Phantoms with a great guest. Uh, I hope you all follow him on Twitter, at Tony Androck. It's Tony Androkaitis, and he's got the great website, InsideAHockey.com. And we'll talk to Tony about what's happening down in Lehigh, what he saw out of Morgan Frost, check in on Cam York, Igor Zamula, and many others. So we'll talk to Tony in just a couple minutes, but let's talk about the Canes. As I mentioned, they got the top spot in the division. Flyers go into this game this afternoon, also having played 18 games, nine points back of the Metro leading Hurricanes. Flyers with 20 points, 8 6 and 4 is their record. They lost four straight. They're 3 4 and 3 in their last 10, and they are a minus 6 in goal differential. And this game today is a revenge for Carolina. The Flyers went down to Carolina and dealt them a 2 1 loss just a, a couple weeks ago. Came back in that third period. They were down 1 nothing. scored two third period goals, came away with the win. Carolina will be thinking about that today. Flyers lost four straight. Carolina's lost two straight. Neither of these teams wants to continue the losing way and wants to start off this post-Thanksgiving with a win. Can the Flyers end the skid today? It's going to be a pretty tough task. And when you talk about Carolina and Rod Brindamore is the coach, you look at a team that's got tremendous structure. They play good D-zone structure. They give up very few goals in the NHL. They're led by Andrei Svechnikov when it comes to points with 19. He's at an over-point-per-game pace. Of course, they've got Sebastian Ajo as well, who's at a point-per-game pace. Eight goals, 10 assists for Ajo. Tony D'Angelo, the signing there this summer, has really filled the void of Dougie Hamilton. He's third on the team in points. He's got four goals and 13 assists in 18 games for 17 points. He's been a revelation for the team as well. Getting good goaltending from Freddie Anderson. Very complete hockey team. We didn't get to see them last year because they weren't in the Mass Mutual East division. So maybe we forget just how good they were. They were a very good team last year. They made some changes in the offseason. Didn't re-sign Hamilton. Let Alex Nedeljkovic walk. Peter Morazic walk. Freddie Anderson Comes in, 14 games played. How about a record of 11 and 3 with a 1 9 goals against average and a gaudy 936 save percentage for Freddie Anderson? So it'll be a, a tough matchup today, but one that the Flyers are going to need to uh, take on and try and come away with two points in the standings and uh, keep this and end this skid that's already at four games. Now, the Flyers, I, I got me thinking when I was looking at uh, the Flyers' schedule. And seeing this Carolina game come up, and of course they were in Tampa. We've seen Tampa twice in a week. Boston just before that. Calgary's at the top of the NHL. Off to a great start. Best record in the Western Conference. You look at Washington, who they played a couple weeks ago. Carolina on the road. Really tough opponents. And I got to look and I got, where do the Flyers' schedule rank? Where does the schedule that they've already played rank? And where is the remaining schedule rank in strength of schedule? Now, there's all different kinds of websites that have different ways of measuring that. Sometimes it's, you know, points percentage when you play a team, what a team is now, and it kind of changes throughout the season. 
But right now, uh, according to PowerRankingsGuru.com and their strength of schedule model, the Flyers have played the most difficult schedule in the NHL. Now, how do they kind of come up with this number? Here's what it says on their website. He says their strength of schedule rankings represent the average difficulty of those opponents that each team has faced or will face during the current season. The strength of an opponent opponent is determined by their ranking in their composite NHL power rankings. A low opponent average ranking indicates a difficult schedule, whereas a high opponent average ranking suggests an easier schedule. And they have two different categories here. They have the games that you've already played that are in the book, and the Flyers right now, like I said, are have played the most difficult schedule in the NHL. Flyers are number one, then the Senators, Islanders, Panthers, Penguins, Lightning, Devils, Sharks, Bruins, and Rangers. They're the top 10 in the most difficult schedules already played. And then when you look at the rest of the remaining schedule for each team, the most difficult is the Canadians, Red Wings, Sabres. That's the top three. The Flyers rank 23rd in the toughness of the remaining schedule. So... According to their algorithm, I forget what they called it. Let me look again. The composite NHL power rankings, uh, the Flyers have the 23rd hardest schedule. That's a good place to be. They, they're scheduled the rest of the way. It, there's difficult games in there. You're still going to play Carolina more times. You're still going to play the top teams in your division. Washington, we're going to see. It, you know What are the Islanders going to be when the Flyers do get them? Now, they'll get them coming up uh, next Tuesday, but the Islanders are not off to a good start. The Rangers are coming up on the schedule, as is Colorado, as is Vegas, who's not off to a great start, but is a good team, and they may be playing and clicking on all cylinders when the Flyers take on the Vegas Golden Knights out there on December 10th. And then also, obviously, you're going to see teams like Pittsburgh. You get Seattle again, though. You get San Jose. You have some of the easier teams on the schedule. The Kings would be deemed one of those easier teams. So how this plays out. Flyers with with a lot easier schedule the rest of the way than they've seen so far, but their play is what really has people worried, and I understand why. And when you're playing good teams, and you're struggling to score, and you have injuries, and all of the elements they have, I, I talked about it on yesterday's episode, I called it the confluence of three different things happening at the same time, leading to the result of a four-game losing skid, A, having a lot of a really hard time scoring, B, being injured, and C, special teams. And then D, the opponents, the strength of schedule. You can't have the first three elements there and that fourth element of playing tough opponents and survive it. The NHL, and when you play good teams, is too unforgiving to be able to do that. They got away with it to some extent prior to this four-game losing streak by beating teams like Calgary 2-1, to this Carolina team on the road 2-1, to one, Washington 2-1. to one. But overall, it's not a way to have success long-term in an NHL season full of 82 games. It's just not. All right, let's get to Tony Andrakaitis right now from InsideAHLHockey.com. He does a great job there covering the Phantoms and the AHL, and he joins us right now on Flyers Daily. Tony, did I pronounce the name right? Yeah, you did. Uh, it's, it's definitely a tough one, but uh, you know, the Lithuanian names you know, gives, gives a lot of people trouble, but you nailed it. Um, I resemble, my last name resembles difficult as well. Everybody screwed mine up six ways to Sunday, but that's okay. And that's a story for another day. So Tone, the, the season has been pretty, uh, a lot of downs in Lehigh this year. New coach down there in uh, Ian LaPerriere. Le What's kind of been the issue for you and when you see kind of the struggles that they've had this season so far? 
Yeah, it's definitely been frustrating for them. Uh, you know, you look at the standings and you see, you know, three wins through 16 games. That's, you know, obviously, you know, raises raises some alarm bells maybe. But, um, you know, for them, you know, early on maybe getting outplayed and, and their goalie, you know, goalies keeping them in games. But, you know, lately it just seems like they're, they're sort of finding ways to lose games rather than, you know, finding ways to win games. Um, you know, they, they have eight one-goal games games where they've you know i think they're one and seven in those one goal games Oof. so after yeah and they, you know there's uh they they haven't won any of the overtime or shoot they've lost in a shootout they have three overtime or maybe four overtime losses this season already so um i would say it's 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 not quite time to hit the panic button in lehigh valley but um you know they're obviously uh there's you know like you mentioned the new staff that obviously takes you know some time uh, you, you sort of saw that in the first couple of games, too much thinking out there on the ice versus playing. And uh, now it's just, you know, getting through these injuries and call-ups. Did you expect these kind of struggles with the roster that they have? Um, honestly, no, I didn't. Um, I mean, especially early on, you sort of give the new staff sort of a pass. The first, you know, eight to 10 games sort of, you know, establish, you know, the way things are going to be and how they're going to run things. But um I know the the standings. I don't. I don't want to sound like a homer. The standings don't look great. Three wins, sixteen games. I really feel like it's not as bad as it looks. I mean, they're not playing, especially now. They're playing a lot better. I don't think they're they're playing as bad as their record shows, but uh, definitely need to improve in in multiple areas. One of the reasons why I wanted to get you on tone is I wanted to to look at some of the players that you know has Flyers fans so interested in their development. And let's just start right at the top. He was called up, but. Uh, Morgan Frost, he has played in 16 games. He was the leading point getter on the team with three goals, 12 assists. I know initially he didn't start out great, but he seems to have really hit a stride of late, hasn't he? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, like like you mentioned early on, um, you know, he didn't really shy away from, you know, saying it flat out. You know, he was pretty upset to to get sent down at the beginning of the year. He really wanted to, you know, make the Flyers out of camp. And, you know, legitimately, I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, thought he had a, a good chance of doing that. So uh, there's obviously, you know, the first couple of games, some frustration and, you know, I don't want to say pouting, but he's definitely disappointed. Um, and you could tell a little just the way his mannerisms, he wasn't really, you know, didn't look like he was really enjoying himself out there. And, uh, you know, just as as we got into November and, you know, these last three weeks, just, you know, just getting back to it and, and getting back to work and, uh, you know, there was never a doubt about the offensive abilities that he has. It's more of just, you know, getting his timing back and, and being more, you know, engaged and, and being more of a presence out there. One of the things, and Bill Meltzer talks about this quite a bit, is the key for Morgan at the pro level is to to make sure he's moving his feet with and without the puck. Did you see a lot more of that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially, um, he's, you know, was a huge part of the Phantoms penalty kill. Uh, obviously, got called up today, but, um, you know, just being harder on pucks and, and, you know, forcing, you know, opposition to make plays. And, and that's how, you know, they've created uh, just him and Wilman, Max Wilman sort of together as a PK duo. Uh, they've, you know, four, sh- you know, shorthanded goals uh, in Lehigh. And, and he's a big part of that stealing pass, you know, stealing pucks and, and creating. You see, Tony, you see a lot of guys in your time covering the Phantoms in the AHL that get sent down. And it is human nature to get di- to be disappointed. Eventually, you go, okay, I got to work my way back, or I got to do what it takes to get there. Joel Farabee, a couple of years ago, was one of those players that was sent down 
uh, for the Flyers and got back up and has been here to stay. So do, do you see that quite often where it's pronounced that you can kind of read the body language and stuff? Because everybody wants to make it to the show. They, they want to get off the buses and on the planes, the charter planes and into the five-star hotels, not to mention playing in the best league in the world. Uh, yeah, I think for most guys initially, you know, that first week, you could sort of see it maybe. But, um, you know, I they're think not used comes... to being cut, are they? <laughs> no, yeah, yes. For a lot of these guys, first round picks, you know, they're, they're used to being the big fish, the, the proverbial big fish in the small pond. And uh, it's definitely an adjustment. But, you know, the guys that, you know, work their way back up to it, just do just that. They, you know, get over that initial sulking phase and, you know, they realize, well, you know, if, if I want to get to the NHL, I'm going to have to, you know, work my way to get there. Yeah, nothing's going to be handed to them. Let me ask you, because you see a lot of guys develop over the years, and some guys I'm sure you look at and go, well, that guy's definitely an NHL player. He probably slots in here. What's your thoughts on Max Willman and what you've seen out of him? Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone talks about it being a great story, but I've, I've, I've since he's joined the fandoms, really, uh, really liked his game and uh, just really think he's at a good fit for a bottom six, like, you know, a guy like Morgan Frost, you're not going to call up to play, you know, eight minutes a night on the fourth line. But, you know, a guy like Max Willman could, you know, hop up in there and, and play that and, and, you know, play that role and, and be fine with it. Uh, you know, he has, you know, speed and a good shot, too, to go along with it. But he's just, you know, kind of a tenacious forechecker and, and a difficult guy to play against. Let me ask you about Igor Zamula. He's got eight points on the season in 14 games. We got to look at him last year. He made his NHL debut. He didn't look out of place at all. Maybe he needs to add a little bit more muscle onto that frame. He's long and lean. Uh, but what have you seen out of Zamula this year? You've seen a jump kind of year to year with him? Yeah, it's sort of weird to gauge, you know, last season being a shortened season and, and they, they're only playing three teams. Um, you know, he, he played a lot of minutes and, you know, played a, a lot of situations, which I think, you know, helped with his development. Uh he joined the team a couple of games in this season. He had that injury. Um, so it took him a couple of games to get up to speed, but uh, I'd say the points are definitely coming for him this year and, and he's still playing, you know, a large role for them. He's been on the top pairing the last three or four games with Cam York. So that's a good pairing. That's uh, kind of the pairing of the future. A lot of people look at it. Let me ask you about that tone, because, you know, it's interesting because last year there was uh, no OHL. So there was a lot of junior players playing in the AHL this year. There's some, and, you know, we, Tyson Forster, who unfortunately is injured, was one of them. But is the OHL or excuse me, is the AHL. Could you could you notice the difference with the OHL players last year and then the difference to it this year being a little bit more, you know, the men playing, if you will? Yeah, you could. I mean, I mean, I, I think it's a noticeable difference there. You had the taxi squads, too, last year. So yeah. a lot you're, you're basically seeing the team's fourth goalie instead of the third goalie on a lot of games. And, um, you know, some teams with the, with the covid restrictions and AHL teams knew they weren't going to make money. Some teams went a little lighter on AHL contract players where in a regular year you're competing, you know, for playoffs and and stuff like that. So the, the, maybe the rosters were. I don't want to say less competitive, but if guys, you know, a lot of guys that weren't signed were sort of, you know, stuck in free agency. What did you see out of Tyson before the injury? I mean, we know about that shot. We know about his, he's got some creativity in his playmaking as well and confident kid. It's so unfortunate that he's going to be out five months with the injury, but what did you see out of, out of his game? You know, the skating gets talked about a lot. To me, it's, it's not the most, it's not Paul Coffey, but it, it's not some hideous stride or anything like that. 
Yeah, actually, uh, Ian LaPierre said something about his skating earlier in the year, you know, some alluding to something like that, that, you know, he heard coming in, you know, that his skating wasn't, you know, maybe up to par. And he even said that he didn't really notice anything too out of whack with, you know, the way he skates. Um, yeah, it's, he's had some tough luck at, with, the, you know, in his AHL time with the injuries last season and, and now again, a sh- shoulder injury this year. Um, but yeah, like you said, really good shot and, um, maybe not scoring a lot, but definitely creating. So maybe he was, you know, a lot of players earlier in the season were frustrated. They weren't scoring a lot of goals and he was definitely one of those guys, but he was a guy that was creating uh, more consistently than the others. Would it have made any sense to send him back to the OHL this year? Take the injury out of the equation. Would it have made sense to go back there and just, he would have had a really good year from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, that's a real, you know, tough decision was, like you mentioned, some of those guys were able to play last year. I thought, you know, given the way the league, you know, was last year, I think he didn't really look out of place. Uh, I thought Forrester looked, you know, like an AHL player right off the bat. Um, you know, obviously, like any young player, you know, when they're 20 and they're coming to the AHL, there's, you know, certain things about their game. Usually it's away from the puck and, you know, with the junior kids in Canada, it's, you know, defensive aspects of their game that they have to fine tune. But, um, you know, he didn't really look he didn't stand out in a bad way where you're like, oof, you know, like maybe he got, you know, sent here too soon. Yeah. And sometimes those kids going back to the OHL, it can, it can almost, they got to wash that off them when they get done because you can develop some bad habits if you dominate so much. Let's talk about Cam York because we know about the year that he had last year, played at Michigan, went to the world juniors, won a gold medal and one of the bigger upsets that I've ever witnessed. Uh, got his taste of the NHL in a couple of games last year. Looked real calm when he did. What have you seen out of Cam this year? Oh uh, yeah, I've I've liked his game most nights. Um, obviously, it's 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 tough to remember with how short the season was last year. A lot of these, especially the defensemen, they've they've got maybe twenty twenty five games of, of pro experience. So you have to sort of temper your expectations a little bit. But um, I think for York, it's more about just he's getting comfortable at the pro level. It's about, you know, joining the play more. I know that's been a point of emphasis from coach. Um, but, you know, once he you know, gets that calmness to, you know, consistently join the rush, that's when he's at his best. And, um, you know, there hasn't really been too much not to like from a defensive standpoint either. Obviously he's a smaller guy and he has to adjust to the physical play, but um, you know, I've, I've liked what I've seen for the most part. Is the one thing that you kind of see with him, he seems like a guy that doesn't get that elevated heart rate. Doesn't look like he has any panic in his game. Oh, yeah, he definitely has that kind of calm, you know, cool demeanor to his game. I, I've noticed that. Um, obviously, it's, it's sort of been tough for them. They've had a tough start to the year. So you could sort of see, you know, frustration like any other player. But, um, yeah, it just it seems like when he has the puck on his stick, especially, it's just like you don't, you know, have that hiccup in your chest like you're waiting for him to, to cough up the puck. You just he looks like a calm player. Let's talk about a couple of the goaltenders that you got down there this year. Uh, I know that uh, Felix has kind of handled the, the heavy lift in playing 12 games. You know, I watched him in camp a lot, and he looks like his game has gotten more and more dialed in. And now he seems dialed into the, the North American sheet of ice, which is obviously much smaller. And that's a big adjustment for a goalie. Do you see like he – is it looking like he's fully adjusted to this North American style now? And how's he been? Oh, yeah. I think for Felix, it's just been tough for him to get going. Um, you know, he had the injuries when he was in Sweden. Um, then, the you know, the COVID shortened season. Um, then, you know, the taxi squad life where him and Alex Lyon were kind of switching back and forth. And he's, he's playing once every three weeks. And um, he really started to get into a rhythm, you know, late last season. He got to play, I think, six of their last eight games. Or, you know, he got 
you know, consistent playing time. You could sort of see as he got more reps, he was getting more comfortable. And, and sort of the same thing this year. Uh, you know, the goalies, you know, have each had maybe one bad game, but for the most part, they're really keeping this team afloat right now. So it's a he lot looked, to like there. He, he looks like an NHL goalie too. Um, he's trending think, in that way. I think he's trending in that way. Um, like I said, it's it's been tough for him in, from a development aspect just because there's not as much. It's a smaller sample size. Um, but as he's got, I mean, he's been the go-to guy this year with, with Urson, you know, going down earlier this year. Um, he's he's taken it and, you know, taken it in stride. Obviously, the team overall hasn't been playing too well, but, um, you know, the goalie play has been really well. What about Urson? What have you seen uh, from his game? He's a guy that um, is very athletic, man. He moves incredibly well. Oh, yeah. We only got to see him in, two, I think, two regular season games and a preseason game. But I've liked what I've seen in the, in the short sample size from him, too. Um, like you said, his really good, you know, post-to-post uh, -post movements. And um, he's made a lot of good saves that where, you, you know, you're kind of waiting for a guy coming overseas to maybe be off on some angles or, you know, not be expecting shots. Um, but it seems like, you know, he's come from a team that, you know, he faced a lot of shots overseas. So maybe he's, he's a little bit more used to it. Yeah, and the big adjustment on the smaller ice is that the puck can get on top of you a lot quicker. They can shoot it from anywhere, and they're automatically, you know, in Europe, they'll sit on the outside all day. They'll pass on a breakaway over there. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Uh, let me ask you about, you know, just the the environment for a goaltender in the AHL. You watch the NHL. You know, some goalies say, I talk to a lot of guys, they say, you know, as you go up in the levels, in in some ways, the shot's, Everybody can shoot it hard. The shots are more precise, obviously, at the NHL level than the AHL, Coast, blah, blah, blah. But the environment is the big thing. There's more predictability and environment in the NHL because, you know, the players are the best in the world and they're dialed into the details. How significant is that drop in environment for a goalie from the NHL to the AHL? Uh, I'd, I'd say it's pretty significant. I mean, you're, you're talking about literally the best players in the world at the NHL level. I mean, there's definitely some really good players and a lot of good young talent in the AHL but uh like you said just the, the the release of the shots are a little bit quicker um and it's just a lot like I guess you would call it maybe a cleaner game uh yeah. there's not as many of those uh mistakes where the flow of the game's a lot more crisp and you know a mistake here or there is, is gonna bite you is there a guy off the top of your head that you can think of that that you covered and you watched a lot and go i can't believe this guy didn't have a great nhl career i imagine there's a few through the years right you know i'm putting you on the spot i know like back in their first couple seasons like peter straka to me was a weird player because there was times where he would do things with the puck and you would just be amazed and it's just like he seemed like he could show different parts of his game in flashes but it was just like never able to put it all together to where if you could just do all of those things all the time, he'd be like a bonafide NHL player. But that's just not really what you're looking for for your, your question. But 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 he had um, tons of skill, right? And sometimes it just doesn't. It's just yeah, just it, I mean, I think he's still playing overseas, so like he's still playing even. But it's just like it didn't work for him here. Like he just couldn't put it all together for whatever reason. It's it's wild. I mean, you, some of these guys have such unique skills, but you have to, to make it to the NHL. You got to have the total package. You got to be able to, you know, you got to be able to skate. You got to be able to shoot. You got to be able to handle the physicality and you got to be able to handle, you know, the mental, emotional and detail parts of the game too. Absolutely. Yeah. Like 
you don't you don't get to the NHL by accident. Uh, like that's the best of the best, you know, at, at their profession. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's always it's, you hear that it's kind of a cliche in the AHL where guys say, "Oh, you know, I, I'm working on everything," but there really is like there's no player that's not still practicing right now, trying to get better, even at the NHL level. So it's a good mentality to have. Yeah. You got to get better every day and do the best you can to do so. Speaking of the best, you are the best Tony. I appreciate the time. Give uh, Tony a follow on Twitter at Tony and A N D R O C K. And make sure you check out the website as well. It's great stuff inside AHLhockey.com. You can follow that Twitter handle as well. Tony, I, I really appreciate the time and the knowledge. I hope you have a, a good holiday and we'll talk again. Yeah, you too. Have a great holiday. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thanks to Tony Androkaitis for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. We appreciate his time and hope uh, everybody found that information and his knowledge very useful. He gets eyes on these guys quite a bit, and he's covered the AHL for quite some time. So really appreciate him taking the time uh, to join us on this episode of Flyers Daily. Flyers Kings today, 3.30, Black Friday matinee is back. Everybody enjoy your hockey today. We'll break it down tomorrow on a Saturday episode of Flyers Daily. Yes.